We are interviewing Transworld's diamond performers from 2023. And we're not going to tell you exactly how much money it was, but it's a lot of money. They brought in some big deals, some large commissions. In today's economy, more people than ever are looking to buy and sell businesses. But how do you do it? Welcome to The Deal Board, presented by Transworld Business Advisors. Straight talk about real deals and real people. Listen to stories, interviews, and expert advice to help your business sale, merger, or acquisition process. Now, here are your business exit experts, Andy and Jessica. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And we have an excellent group of interviews today. Uh, we are interviewing Transworld's diamond performers from 2023. And we're not going to tell you exactly how much money it was, but it's a lot of money. They brought in some big deals, some large commissions, multiple commissions, and just put together a fantastic year. And so we wanted to get some tips, tricks. I don't think there's any tricks. They're just lessons, hard work, right? Yeah. And, and you know what? I think what's fascinating about this group too is it's not like these are one year hit wonders, right? These are top performers year after year. They put in the work. They're so consistent in the business they've done, the help they've provided to small business owners. So we've grouped them into two groups um, so we can get the best advice and into two sections. The first actually is the top performers from the South and West Texas offices. Uh, so we have Bobby Coffey, Austin Zhao, and Steve Merritt that join us and share some of their best strategies and what has led to their success. Also some advice for business owners seeking exits in the near future as well. And then we move on to the second group. Yeah, the second group. Of course, I have my partner and probably the, the only person that's been here longer than me, Tom Jones, who's going to be on. And he is pound for pound, one of the best deal people in our organization, just managing the process of getting deals closed. So he's amazing. And then from Colorado, we have Gary Goldwasser, who I, I said, same thing as, you know, Gary's been one of our lead brokers and one of the original team members we've had in our Colorado office. And, you know, Gary is one of the most positive, um, service-minded individuals that I know. And so, you know, to see him have so much success year after year and the work and effort he puts in with his clients is amazing. So we've got a ton of great advice. Um, and it comes funny enough, we follow on from some shows we've done this year about hard work and what it takes for listings to sell. You'll rehear some of that advice, but you'll also hear some different perspectives from brokers across the country. Yeah, they're from all over the country, and which is nice, Florida, Colorado, and want to shout out to Jerry Brisson's group in Houston. Uh, he started in Houston, has expanded much like you have. Uh, so there's some great lessons here from lots of people, and there have been some fantastic brokers throughout the Transworld Network. These just happen to be available today. Uh, there was a few others that were on that level, several others that were on that level this year, and uh, we're just seeing... Uh, people grow uh, in this business year after year after year. Like you said, this is not one hit wonders. No. So let's jump into it. We've got some great interviews and great advice. And as always, a deal of the week and a listing of the week. All right, let's jump in. Let's do it. Transworld Business Advisors is the world's largest business brokerage and mergers and acquisitions firm with over 500 brokers in nearly 200 offices worldwide. Transworld's team handles thousands of business sales every year. 
To be connected with a qualified business broker or learn more about the buying and selling process, visit tworld.com forward slash the deal board or call 888-719-9098. So we are here with the top producers and they all happen to be from Texas, the great yeah. state of Texas. So uh, that is really exciting. And uh, as we said earlier, these are some of the folks that brought in millions of dollars and, uh, and, and sold millions of dollars worth of businesses. And so we'll introduce them along the way. We'll give them a chance to say hello. But uh, so we, we just want to jump right in and start asking them questions. So, you know, one of the things we're always talking about is what does it take to be successful? So, Bobby, I'm going to start with you. And why don't you start by introducing yourself for a few uh, minutes and then answering the question of what are the attributes that you need to be successful like this? Absolutely. Uh, thanks so much, Andy, for having me on this podcast today. Um, I'm Bobby Coffey. I'm with the Transworld Houston office, which is now Transworld West and South Texas and Wyoming and New Mexico. <laughs> a lot of locations. We're expanding. Um, but I've been with Transworld for a little over five years now. Um, and before that, I was a CFO. I was a career CFO. I was involved in a tech company, took them from $50 million to about $850 million dollars moved to Texas to be CFO for oil and gas, um, decided I was tired of working for other people. And um, what I loved about the jobs that I did have in my history was uh, M&A and acquisitions and strategic stuff. So business brokerage was absolutely perfect for me. Um, but I'll, I've said it since the very first uh, time I walked into the office in West Palm Beach uh, for training, which is um, you guys do a fantastic job of training. It is so easy to do a poor job. And I used to be responsible for training a bunch of people. And so I know how difficult that is. And I came back um, with a fire lit under me. Um, well, first of all, Glenn told me I had big, big dealitis and I was never going to succeed because I was too focused on uh, the big fish. So I set out to prove him wrong from the beginning. Um, but my, I, I can attribute my success to honestly to this organization, and I'm not just saying that. You guys have a recipe for setting people up for success, and it doesn't mean that it just automatically happens. You've got to put the effort in, but there are processes. There's documents that we have in place. Um, there's systems, the great CRM. Um, so you know we've got a sig significant baseline to launching a successful career in this industry. And that's more than a lot of other uh, folks can say who are in this business. So um, I, you know, I wasn't sure about the whole uh, trans world thing at first, and it has just proven to be the right place for me. And I love the organization of it. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's, that's my story as far as that goes. That's awesome, Bobby. And we did not uh, coach you to say that, but, you know, <laughs> nope. but it is true. Everything that you said is true. And I think that every top broker and shop producer across all the offices in Transworld would agree with you. And, you know, congrats again on an amazing year, but really an amazing last five years of the work you've put in. You've really been uh, demonstrative of that. So next, I want to go to Steve Merritt. Steve, you also had a rock star year. I'd love you to start off once again, just introduce yourself a little bit, but I want you to take us back and tell us about your first deal and what you learned from that and then how that, you know, affected your current success. 
Okay, great. Um, so Steve Merritt, uh, also in the same office as Bobby and then Austin here, here in Texas. And um, you know, my short, short background history is I've come from the corporate environment, similar to Bobby. And so I come from, have a finance background. I'm a CPA uh, accountant, desperately trying to get out of the trade to do something different and found uh found Prance world and so very grateful to be where I am I think I thank my blessings every day that I'm here um but really the the my first deal was was it followed the pattern uh that they that that, that they tell you right it takes on average 8 months to sell a business uh and that's from the time you get that listing to really the close and and so that business was a, it was a freight brokerage business it wasn't a big deal it was I think it was a $350,000 deal, so small deal, but it had real estate. And, and so, so the, there was a lot of initial excitement that there was real estate and I was taking my real estate license. Was, I was studying to get my real estate license rather. And, and really uh, towards the close of this, I was on the culmination of taking the exam, actually passing. But one of the things that, that, that they tell you at Transworld is to, follow the process, uh, take the classes, get the certifications. They matter. They make a huge difference in, in, uh, in really just educating yourself through the entire process. And, and so one of those was sort of a lessons learned as well. So not such a grand story about the business brokerage or the freight brokerage company that I sold. It was an older couple that needed to retire that happened to own the building that they were in. And, and it was a wonderful process leading them through that. And, and, but there was a but. The but is I didn't have my real estate license when we closed that first deal. And so that meant I didn't get paid on the real estate. And, and from the day that we entered into this, we were told, get that license. And even though I processed through the, the, at, a, at the typical speed and got my license about nine months in, the lesson learned there is that that you've got to follow that process. And I have continued to do that. I have my MA and my the all the other you know designations that get too long to put next to your name, but it speaks to your professionalism and the fact that uh folks can can put their uh their trust in you because because you're just not a, a person that just says that they can do this, but you've proven it because you take the take the classes, get the deal done. And that deal actually spawned into other deals with the same client as well. They brought other businesses and real estate to me to sell down the road. So I ended up getting other real estate deals out of them. And it was a wonderful relationship, great experience. That's great. That's great, Steve. And, you know, speaking of relationships, I know the relationship guy in Houston is Austin. And Austin, uh, I first of all, introduce yourself and tell us all the great things you did. And uh, I want you to specifically talk about landing the big fish. Uh, you did that last year and it was a big deal. In fact, I believe it was the biggest deal, uh, the biggest commission that we've ever collected. You don't have to say how much that was, uh, but you know, congratulations on that. You seem to have done a great job of being able to gather your community and, and get out there and sell businesses. So Give us a little background and then tell us about some of your big deals. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Jessica. Uh, yeah, so yeah, 2023 it was my lucky year. So I did, uh, did you know, good deals. So like Andy mentioned about this, so I did a lot of networking. So uh, 
about the visibility of kind of, you know, you know, result of uh, networking efforts in the past. So for this deal specifically, it's a kind of restoration business. So the two business owner set up this business in 20, uh, 2010. Yeah, within past 20, uh, 12, 30 years, they grew, grew the business very fast. So they approached our huge office, you know, um, about selling their business. So uh, initially, you know, they they did assign to another broker in our Houston office, and then left already. So not not successfully, we didn't get it. And about a couple months later, and uh, the lead approached us again, and Jerry let me okay, Austin, you handle this. So. I went to the office, made an appointment, and uh, with my broken English, okay, with that. Uh, it's good things. Just one meeting, I got the listings, and uh, finally said, okay, that's you. We just let you handle this. So that's the first meeting, uh, get all this signed up. And then, so I let them prepare all the documents and start the process. And uh, during this process, you know, so that's one thing I want to share with some new folks in our industry. So in the whole process, you know, so you guys know this, you know, some sellers, most sellers don't know the whole process, you know. So start the, at the starting point, I educated them, okay, the whole process, what kind of thing you need to prepare, and I give you warning that, okay, <clears throat> it's going to be a torturing process, especially when you enter the due diligence. So I build confidence on them, okay, for sure, we get bars, okay? So I make sure, you know, if I get bars, you just take care of your operation, anything related to pricing, your structure, don't talk anything. Let me handle the whole process. This is very important, you know. So uh, you're an expert in your business, I'm an expert in my business. Let's work together, do your things, I do my things. So don't mess up each other. So that's, uh, the, that's educated by you from, from the beginning. And gradually, you know, for this deal, actually, in 2022, I already got a big PE firm. And uh, they are really, I use the kind of, you know, like auction process. I call it, call it open bid process. So among, so we sent out all these industrial letter and the whole things, we received over 100, more than 100, more than 150 inquiries. And on the help of our, you know, office assistants, I just only talked to about 20, uh, 25 people over the Zoom or over the phone, and then narrowed down 10, finally narrowed down five, narrowed down three, and finally select one bars. But unfortunately, you know, you know, the deals fall off, fall off because you know, in 2022, they the sellers revenue EBITDA all is dropped down. Even in the August, by August 2022, the EBIT even become negative. So that's really, you know, bad sign. Finally, and uh, uh, the bar said, okay, uh, let's let's extend the due diligence to end for 2022. Let's see how it's going. So finally, you know, the seller, you know, made efforts and make the revenue EBIT come back by end of 2002, but not too much. And uh, the that bar just walked away and said, okay, we will revisit next year. So we release you to open to any other bars. 
So we restart this this kind of round again in 2023. So I almost did the same thing. Finally, we select this bar as this good bar, and then we lock the deal and all the process. So you know, and uh, no any retreat very smoothly, and finally. Uh, we closed the deal by end for October, though we extended one month. But during this process, again, you know, since I educated the seller, and uh, sometimes seller got the emotional part, and I just sort of calm them down, told them it's normal, don't be, you know, panic, okay? So if you want to close the deal, be patient, okay? Don't, I don't want to pass this, any negative message to the bar side, okay? So, so far, everything's good. So good things about the two sellers, during this one and a half process, we become friends. So I talk to them straightforward. They follow the advice. Finally, we close the reverse smoothly. So yeah, that's uh, that's good. that's good things about this. Awesome. Well, I think Austin, like it's it, that story demonstrates a few things. Like one, how important it is to have a good advisor on your team, and one you've built a good relationship with and trust to. That seller obviously trusted you to take them through multiple buyers, but also, you know, being with a firm like Transworld where you have the network, right? So you said at the top, like you had 150 buyer inquiries, right? So having that oh, network, that. it's a numbers game, right? Start with a vast amount of numbers and narrow down to that right buyer for that company. Um, so amazing story. Thank you for sharing. Um, next, you. I want to, Yeah. Next, I want to jump back to Bobby. Bobby, you talked a lot about following the system. And really what I'm curious about, Andy mentioned, we just do, did this whole um, podcast on hard work. And if anyone follows on social, we've broken it up into lessons. But you've been such an advocate of following a system and process, and that's what led to your success. What are some routines or regimens you routinely follow, um, whether it's personal or professional, that has built your success in your career as a broker? Sure. Um, you know, that's an interesting question because for me, it's a constant evolution. Um, what I do today is certainly not what I did at the beginning and not even what I did last year. And I do make an effort at the beginning of every year um, or in anticipation of the new year. You know, how am I going to get to the success that I had last year? Because I'm never satisfied with not doing better. Um, so the better you do, the harder it is to sustain that, obviously. Um, but, you know, at my age, and I'm over 50, um, <laughs> you, what's important is that you're always looking to improve. So I, I look at my processes and what I'm doing, and I'm constantly tweaking them. Um, I've gotten very disciplined, for example, on how I handle buyers and making sure the wrong people aren't uh, wasting my time. Um, and sometimes that's difficult to tell because it can be a little surprising. Um People will surprise you, you know, and also doing the same thing with sellers uh, and not being I don't want to say I'm selective with sellers because that's not accurate. But I'm I've I've honed myself to a point where I am very honest with sellers. And if they can't accept the honesty, then I'm not so likely to chase after them. Um, you know, so oftentimes we're struggling with sellers thinking their business is worth more than it is or it should go faster than it should or. Even terms of our contract, that's a struggle I'm having right now. Um, they don't like the, the tail on our contract. Uh, but, you know, training the people that you're working with to understand our process is where I spend a lot of my time, but also making sure I'm focused on the right things every day. Um, 
And again, a constant tweaking effort. I'm also very paper driven. Um, so I, I kind of am systemic when it comes to how I handle my inquiries and calling them and emailing them and follow up and things like that. Uh, that just helps me. I, if, if you've got a popular listing, you can get 50 inquiries in a couple of days and you've got to have a way to manage that. Currently, I don't have a virtual assistant, um, so I'm, I'm handling all of that independently, waiting on the new system to handle some of this automation for us, which I'm very, very excited about. Um, but it's just, it's a constant, you know, look at what you're doing, evaluate, you know, is this working for me? And if it isn't, what can I do that is better? And talk to other people, talk to your peers and say, how do you handle this? You know, you seem to be having no problem with this, but I'm struggling. Um, and getting some feedback from your peers is also um, is helpful. You know, we 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 feed off of each other a lot in the Houston office. There's there's a lot of us running around over here. So um, yeah, get some advice from your colleagues on how they're handling things. But but just don't stay the same. You need to constantly be tweaking what you're doing. That's great advice. You know, and speaking of giving advice and seeking counsel. Uh, one of the big things that Jessica and I always talk about here on the deal board is valuation. And Steve, you mentioned earlier that you're a recovering CPA, which means that you you never quite recover. Uh, mm -hmm. You're always kind of have that hat on. And I just want to you know hear from you. I think one of the biggest things that we have in our business is convincing buyers and sellers what the value of a business is, and not that we convince them, but we're trying to guide everybody uh, to us, you know, to a place where they can have a meeting in the minds. So Steve, how do you approach that, you know, when, with your sellers and buyers about valuation? Well, uh, so I would say, you know, the most important thing that I tell my clients uh, or my prospective clients is the basis upon uh, which we, we come to the formation of the valuation of the company is the singularly the most important thing that we do. And, and certainly it's important what they think value, what their value proposition is. But, you know, I guess starting from the beginning, the resources that we have. Uh, so we have BVR, uh, Business Resource Guide. I think I said that right. Uh, deal Stats and Peer Comps. And then there are many other resources that, that, that are provided. But there, there's a lot more that goes into it than just the numbers. It's understanding the business and all the different facets that 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 the seller uh, went through to create that business. And and there's a lot of other things that add value. There's a lot of other things that that take away value as well. But I I, I take a pretty soft approach with my clients in terms of just just listening, understanding, hearing their story because that will build to the next step. Uh, I try not to rush into the valuation of it because. Um, oftentimes it's kind of trying to jump to the end. And so hear their story. Let me see your numbers, right? And in, in, a, in, a, in a way that, that they feel comfortable with, get those numbers in front of me, give me some time to digest them. Let me come back to you and let's have a more meaningful conversation around those numbers. And oftentimes we'll invite those folks to the office and we'll throw the numbers up on the board. And if it's a bigger business, then I'll take a little bit more effort and run the number through through deal stats as an example, where there you, you you all probably know there's tons of charts and graphs and such in there that we can reference them on and help them understand kind of you know where they stand and where they stack up against their competition. And 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 I and and I'll tell the client, you know, the the best indication of of the value of your business is what other similar businesses have sold for. 
And that that information is not readily available on the open market. And, and so that we have that as as in brokers in this industry, access to that data. So I run across a lot of newer folks in our office that don't that don't use those resources. Uh, they're too quick to try and jump to, oh, the guy just told me it was worth X. And so that's what I put on paper. Well, you set yourself up for a long, well, you'll have a good, you'll, you'll have an experience and you'll learn from it, but, but it'll probably be one that, that will be unsuccessful in selling the business. Uh, could be anyway. Uh, have I done that? Yes. In my early days, I certainly did that. I, I went with a number that somebody gave me that was higher than what that business was really worth. And did I learn a lot from that experience? Absolutely. 100%. Uh, and in fact, we have a, a meeting every Wednesday in our office where all the agents come together and and we're going on our second week next week where where we're presenting how to use our tools how to use uh, deal stats how to use peer comps it's a lot of the same information that's going to be pulled when when the bank uh, uses a valuation company to pull data so you're you're you've prepared yourself for that that process so that's a little bit about what I look to and 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 the processes that we use here in our office to to ensure that we have proper valuation on a on a business. And I think that's so important, Steve. I was actually just having a conversation with um, a seller with a lunch before this, and we were talking about having conservative and realistic expectations and being able to get a deal done and using data versus using, you know, thoughts and feelings and emotions. Andy and I just did an episode on this too. It was like, what did we say? businesses that were 15% overpriced, uh, we found with our data didn't sell. So using that data methods, all the things that you brought up, the tools that the brokers have um, is essential in the valuing the business. So thank you for sharing that with us. I'm going to go to Austin for one last question. And then after that, we're going to do a lightning round of pieces of advice. So just the rest of you get ready. So Austin, kind of piggybacking on valuation and and you kind of led this in with your last story on your big deal. What when it comes to due diligence, what do you think is the most important thing to look out for sitting in your brokerage seat? So, like, what would you what do you focus on in the due diligence process? Uh, yeah, I, this is a good question, and uh, this kind of lesson we learned from very beginning. So, for the due diligence, so if I want to select one of the more important, so my thought would be no negative surprise. So in this case, so my duty just restart before I get the listing, pre-duty just. So that, that's what I'm doing now. So as a new business broker, at the beginning, no matter small deal or big deals, we just, okay, get all information and whatever uh, the, the, the seller said, we just uh, take it. But now, you know, so I learned that, you know, so, uh, to save a time, to save a deal, you need to encourage your sellers to disclose everything. I told them, hey, seller, disclose everything. No matter ugly or beautiful, just tell me everything. Disclose two bars, everything. So your problem, not necessarily the problems of buyers, maybe opportunities bars. So if you hide, try to hide anything, no, stu- no bar stupid, they will find out. When they found out one thing, you didn't tell them truth, they will doubt everything, not worth it. So in this case, so my duty is, you know, before the, the bars jumping, I always try 
to do my best, asks a lot of questions and uh, let them give me the true answers. So even for some answers not look good, I just disclose on the same. Okay, so blah, blah, whatever, whatever reason, so just tell the bar. And finally, when, when they saw the light of intent to move to the due diligence, everything they find is always the same. And the only surprise they have thought is much better than what they said before. So that's, that's, that's my, my experience. And now uh, I'm working on a couple of new big deals. And uh, I started running the new process from MA Source Conference. Uh, for big deals, I persuade my seller to do quality, quality warnings before I lease the business. So in the future, my sales for big deal will be including, you know, quality warning as a part of sale. That's we be promoted, you know, the sale of the business and also save the deal easy to move to the next stage in the due diligence. That's 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 what I want to say. Well, that's great advice. Get a Q of E early in the in the process, because they're going to have to get it anyway, right? And, and yes. convincing sellers to be a part of this process. This is all great advice, uh, Jessica. It's uh, you know what we see time and time again for successful people in this business. Yeah, it's not you know it's not any surprise that you guys had the amazing years that you did last year. I mean, and like we've said, it's not just one amazing year. You guys have built amazing careers with Transworld. So we want to go quickly lightning round around like 30 seconds each. Um, and the question that we're teeing up to you is any tips for business owners that are thinking about transitioning out of their business or exiting in the next year. So Bobby, we'll go to you first. Um, be open about your financials and providing those early on so that your broker can do a detailed analysis and let you know what you're looking at. Um, and if you're thinking uh, two, three years out, ask now and learn what you need to do now in preparation um, so that you're you're doing the right things and getting your house in order because too many people go to market with their house not. We know a company for that, right, Jessica? I think we do. <laughs> All right, Austin, what's your one piece of advice for a prospective seller besides okay, doing a QOV? Okay. Yeah, yeah, my advice to the business owner, like I just did one yesterday, uh, my advice would be, okay, uh, consult with expert, I'm your advisor before you start, okay? And uh, don't try to save some uh, consulting fee or don't save the commissions, you know, by doing it by yourself you know, ask expert and be prepared in advance at least three to five years. Good. That's what my advice for the business owners. That's a good one too. I totally agree, Austin. All right, Steve, wrap us up with your piece of advice. Yeah, well, well, mine sort of ties into both of theirs and it was, it was something I should have said on the last piece related to valuation, but price your business right the first time. Uh, buyers, if you're, if, if you, if your if your business is overpriced, oftentimes the buyers will just pass right by it and they won't look at it and they won't come back. So you've missed that opportunity for them to price it right. Get a get an expert to value it and, and go with the experts. That's all great advice. And these are three experts that had a fantastic 2023. Thank you all, uh, not only for having a great 2023, uh, but for uh, coming on and spending time to help 
uh, others uh, learn more. So we re really appreciate it. Thanks for Thank having you. us. Hey, Andy, do you know what time it is? It's time for our deal of the week. Deal of the week. Sold. Hey, we're back and it is deal of the week. And we're with Aaron Wills from Transworld Business Advisors of DFW. And Aaron, you closed a nice deal. Yes, sir. Tell we me did. about it. We did uh, a smash and grab not too long ago. Um, it was a window glazing company. And it was a very interesting deal. Uh, the owner was 82 years old. Mm -hmm. uh, living in an assisted living place and had a curfew of four o'clock in the afternoon to get home. Um, and the unique part, And he still owned the business. He did. He did. It was kind of uh, his family's legacy started out um, over 40 years ago. Um, all the family brought into it, bought into it, and he wound up buying all of his family out. He and his wife owned it. And uh, it was kind of the last thing that he had. His wife passed away back in 2016 and just kind of, held on to it and cherished it. And then life happened and his son became his power of attorney. Mm. And then we had the opportunity to try to sell it. Um, wow. Very, so very interesting situation. All right. So you found the buyer and got the deal done. How much was it? Uh, the deal actually was just $125,000. And uh, it was really interesting. We found the buyer because he was a walk-in customer mm. and he had a, a vertical business um, doing contracting and window repair. And um, so we we got to speak with him. Um, he wanted to have a family legacy business similar to the, the seller, but his brothers kind of couldn't see eye to eye. We had to pivot, brought in another partner at the last minute to close the deal. Um, but it, it just goes to show that if you just pay attention to, to what's going on every day, just really holding on to every moment, you can find find your answers right in front of you. And the deal took less than 90 days from the time we listed it to close it. Excellent. Excellent. So great deal. Obviously, you have more options here at Transworld than, you know, because we have a lot of people in the pipeline that are looking to buy deals. So if somebody wants to sell a deal, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, the best way to get in touch with me would be through email, awills at tworld.com. Uh, A-W-I-L-L-S at tworld.com or even on my office line, 817-725-7221. Um, if you got a service-based business, it's really kind of my wheelhouse and great, great to talk and help you out. Excellent. Thanks for coming on today. I appreciate it. All right. So we're back again with part two of our interviews of our diamond producers. And we're really lucky with this group because we've got um, two very close uh, colleagues and confidants from both mine and Andy's offices. So we're going to jump into questions here, but what I'm going to do is have each of you introduce yourself and give a little bit of background as you dive into the question. So I think the first question we have for both of you, Gary, we'll start with you is what got you into the business brokerage business? And, and Gary Goldwasser, for those who don't know, he's been on the show before, um, but he's a managing director of our Transworld Colorado office. He's been with a firm for years and it's been a, a great producer and a great contributor. So Gary, what, what got you into the business? Yeah, so uh, I had bought and sold through my own businesses. And uh, as much as I liked owning businesses, I love the transactional relationship building part uh, 
as I was going through the process and understanding the financials and the business, and I was fascinated by that and told my uh, my wife and a good friend of mine, I go, I want to be a business broker after I sell my businesses. And that was, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And here we are today. So that's great. So um, I have with us Tom Jones, who is my vice president, but he's my partner. Uh, he's been here longer than me. He taught me everything I know about business brokerage. Uh, he, he, I always kid him about that. And uh, But Tom is amazing. He's a great deal uh, jockey. He just does a great job of managing deals from the beginning to the end. So, Tom, I, I know you have a great story about how you got into this business. Why don't you give us a little background? Yeah, it's a story that began a long, long ago. I um, uh, Actually, what happened was my senior year in college, uh, I wasn't recruited by anybody because my grades weren't good enough and I wasn't talented to do anything, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I started looking around my roommate and I started a business uh in uh in our college town that business did really well <clears throat> right out of the bat it was a very good uh good concept and uh, we ended up selling that business after about two and a half years we were we were burnt out we were running the business literally it was a seven day a week business it was physically taxing and we decided uh it was not something we wanted to do for the rest of our lives so we sold the business and the buyers showed up in an RV in our parking lot. We actually closed the deal in the RV. And it wasn't a big deal by any means, but it was the biggest deal that we had ever done, our biggest deal, our only deal. And uh, and then my partner and I went our several ways to look for a career. And I started looking in the biz op or the employment section of the newspaper. And I saw a very small ad, like three-line ad for a business broker. I didn't even know what that was, but I just sold my own business. So I thought maybe this might be a good opportunity that led me to be introduced to a business brokerage outfit in my hometown. I started working with them uh, for, a, I think I was probably 24 years old at the time, very young and uh, zero training. They put me out on the street with basically uh, nothing other than a beeper at that time. And I went to work. That's how I got started in the business 37 years ago. That's a great story. I love that, Tom. And, and your first deal in the RV, that's classic, right? So how yes. could you forget that Very one, good. right? <laughs> right, exactly. Hasn't been repeated. There you go. Gary, we're joking <laughs> that you never forget your first deal. So mm -hmm. do you have a good first deal story that you can share with us? I really do. Uh, and I tell it a lot. So one of the things that I learned early on when I became a broker was I'm going to write down a name, a hundred people that I know, and I'm going to go grab coffee with them and, uh, you know, tell them what I'm doing, learn about them. And uh, so I wrote down a hundred people that, and I sent an email out to this guy who used to work for me. And I said, Hey, let's go grab coffee. So we grabbed coffee you know, I'm I, right away, you know, as a networker or whatever you want to give first. So I want to know about what's going on with them and their relationship and how they're doing. And then they obviously wanted to start asking me questions. And I told him what I was doing. And he goes, you know, my, and again, this was just one a random guy that I worked with. He goes, uh, you know, my uh, father-in-law wants to sell his music business. And, um, 
So that so that ended up being my first uh, business I sold, my first listing I got, just by networking. That's great. I mean, it's uh, it, it's a typical story, right? You know, of getting into a business and uh, getting it sold. And uh, Tom, you know, speaking of getting into business, so that business I know for uh, for a fact you didn't mention it, but was not here in Florida. So you decided. Uh, after a short career uh, in North Carolina to move to Florida. So why don't you talk about how you came down here and grew your business? Yeah, so um, obviously I'd never resided in Florida before. I grew up in North Carolina. But uh, at that time, uh, where I grew up in Raleigh, it was still a very small town. And there just wasn't a lot of opportunity there for for me um, in terms of any kind of career. It was uh, just a small town. isn't now. But I, I became pretty anxious looking around for opportunities. You know, I'd put five years into business brokerage in, in Raleigh. It was going really well. Um, but I just, I felt like I needed to have more. So um, just by happenstance, I picked up a copy of Inc. Magazine. And I think in 1990, the, 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 uh, the, um, the volume that I was looking at, the magazine I was looking at, the front cover of Inc. Magazine that month was the fastest growing economy in the country was Fort Lauderdale. And a big picture of the beach and the skyscrapers in the back and whatnot. And it just clicked with me. And I said, that's where I want to go. So I literally told my friends that I was going to be moving to Florida they asked me, well, do you know anybody? I said, no. Do they? Do you know where, even where you're going to go or work? And I said, yes, I'm going to go to Fort Lauderdale and I'm going to go into business brokerage. And that's exactly what I did. I showed up here and had pretty much everything I owned in the back of my car and still in my 20s and found an office and just started going to work. That's how I got started. Ground yeah. up. I love it. I love it. I thought you were going to say that Transworld was on the front cover of Inc., but Andy wasn't running it at that point, yeah, too. No. So, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But Fort Lauderdale is awesome. Um, so, it, Gary, I know I love that you introduced the top 100 because I know you teach all new brokers that, and we, we teach that, too, at our office now. But, you know, what else do you attribute to your success over the years? I mean, yes, Diamond uh, broker this year, but this is not your first time Diamond, nor will it be your last what do you attribute to your success? So I look, I always say there's a lot more smarter people out there, but no one's going to outwork me. So I, I, I just work hard every day and whatever that level of a lot of people say they work hard, they need to know what that next gear is. And you need, you know, I'm driven. I've got leadership that is driven that keeps me motivated. And, um, you know, I'm constantly working 24-7. This business is 24-7 because you can be out to dinner on a Saturday night and the next thing you know, you're talking to a business owner. They're everywhere. And so telling everybody what you do and outworking your com uh, competition, we talk at our office about second shift and it's, you know, any you eat dinner and then you're back on the computer working recasts or doing emails or or, you know, working on buyer profiles at six, seven, eight o'clock at night. And we're talking amongst our brokers in our office and calling them, hey, and everybody picks up the phone at seven or eight or nine o'clock at night because 
we're all so enthusiastic and we have got great culture and um, you know, that's, I just keep working hard and just working hard. And then the most important thing to me is networking. And so you just can't talk to enough people and tell them what you're doing. So I, that's what I, I spend three fourths of my day networking. Well, that's obviously working. And that has worked from day one is networking is always king. And that's the magic in this business. When you get the, the ability to get referrals from your inner circle. And if you make your inner circle bigger, that's even better. So some things haven't changed since the beginning. We, we started in this business, Tom, 30 years ago, uh, at trans world together 30 years ago. So what has changed? What, what, what are some of the improvements or things that you're leaning on now that you, you know, has made your world a little bit easier? Well, what has changed in the business is the awareness of the role that business brokers play in the sale of businesses, the buying and selling of businesses. That's, that has changed tremendously from when I first started in this business, which I believe was, it wasn't the infancy of this industry, but it was certainly, you know, close to it. Uh, today, there's so much so much, uh, you know, there's much more awareness in the marketplace as to our role and the importance of our role in helping people facilitate the buying and selling of businesses. So that's in terms of, you know, what's changed in the industry that that uh, that's most significant to me that I've noticed and the benefit of having been in the business all these years. Uh, uh, that's uh, that's what changed. And it's, and it's, you know, to the positive in terms of um, you know, the tools that we have in this industry, again, I'm, you know, all the years I've been, a, I started this business before fax machines and that's, it's sad to admit that, but it's true. And, uh, but I've seen the evolution of technology in this business, particularly in the last 10 years with, um, you know, I, I, my opinion, technology does technology doesn't replace what we do the blocking and tackling of this business, the people, the relationships and all that. What, but what technology is for, for me uh, is the tools that help me become much more efficient, uh, faster, better, more accurate, all those types of things. And so um, I made, uh, you know, as uh, things as simple as Excel, you know, when I first started this business, it really wasn't, I don't think we even had Excel. I knew that was going to be a very important tool for me. I had to learn it. So I just simply hired a Excel coach who went to did a few classes and I became pretty proficient in Excel and it's been a tremendous tool for me. DocuSign, all those things that we're utilizing now uh, are, are is making our business so much more efficient where we can make more money. You know, uh, I was going to, I'll, I'll tag on yeah. to Tom real quick is it also allows our the scalability too for us to grow as brokers and offices is to be you know processes and understanding technology and all of that to um to scale our business you know people say well how do you get everything done if i didn't learn those things like what tom's learning i wouldn't be in the position to scale my business and grow it yeah it's a really good point it's it's about you know, I think our business continuing education and continuing development is so important. I think 
also, we sometimes forget it's also working on just our basic skills and tactics and the tools. Like, you know, Tom, I think it's like, it is innovative to hire an Excel coach because you knew that that was going to be a tool that we were majorly relying on in the future. And there is more tools like that now too. Um, Gary, I want you to talk a little bit about on the marketing side, because you know, I'm so grateful that people know the role that business brokers play now, but it's also opened up a different avenue of now marketing and virtual networking. Gary, you're such a great networker, but now networkers gone on networking's gone online. And there's been a, a need for social media and personal branding. How have you woven that into your practice? Yeah, I, I sat and I tried to figure out what can we do? We need to add value and we need more education around business brokerage, about buying and selling businesses. When I see people say, well, I'm just closing my doors. I'm like, you didn't give it a chance to see if we could sell it. And I see them going out of business. I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. So um, I've really focused in on education, you know, how to buy a business, how to sell a business, what's the journey like, what's what happens after the sale for the buyer, what are the things they need to do, what are the things they need to learn, and so I'm really trying to brand myself as, I don't want to say expert, because I don't think I'm ever going to be the expert, but just brand myself as someone that um, understands the industry and can help guide and give you tools to navigate um, business, you know, buying and selling a business. Yeah, that's great. And, the, <laughs> you know, I always marvel at Tom because, again, he's cool and collected in these deals. And these deals often get hot. And not that not that they get hot, but it sometimes, you know, Jessica and I were literally talking about this on our break, about how do we convince sellers of their valuation is too high or how do we convince buyers that they have to do something like pledge a house or sign personally in a lease. And Tom, you always seem to have a great way of dealing with people inside of a deal. So how do you navigate that? Is it, you know, is it what Gary just said? You have to become a trusted advisor. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. And you, that takes time to develop with your client Remember, you know, you you start these relationships off with your sellers. They don't, and buyers, but mostly sellers. Uh, you know, it takes time to build that trust and confidence. Um, once you have it, though, um, you, you can accomplish a lot. Uh, you have to obviously know what it is you're talking about, know your product, um, study it well, educate yourself. Um, and then um, you can, you know, it, it takes a little time to to change your seller's expectations to get them to understand uh, why it is that uh, the market is not going to meet their their initial asking price or expectations or terms. Uh, lay it out, lay it out for them. You know, in this business, I find that brokers become probably too educated in terms of of what they know, and we always have to keep in mind that. Business owners, in, in most cases, many cases, this is the first business they've ever sold. They don't use terminology that we use. They haven't been through training like like our agents have been through. They they need have need to have this information laid out in front of them in a way that they can understand, kind of dumb it down, so to speak. Uh, and once they, I find once you do that, you can you can really gain a lot of ground with them in terms of changing their expectations. And, and then the market's got to speak, you know, 
um, you're out there, the market's gonna, going to react to the deal or not. And you just need to present that to your seller and with the facts and continue to apply gentle pressure on them to get them to a place in their mind that they can, uh, that they can get a deal done. Yeah. Cause that's true. eventually what it's all about getting a deal done. Right. Jess. Well, that's all. Yeah. That's all everybody wants on the deal team, right? Buyer, seller, brokers, lawyers, most of the time. Right. I think there's uh, patience too that needs to be involved, and it sounds like Tom is really good at that. Is this you have to be a patient person because there's there's roadblocks and hurdles, and you just have to be calm and uh, and nimble and be flexible and be patient. Yeah. So we'll wrap it up with one last question for both of you, Tom. I'll actually go to you for this one first. But so what piece of advice would you give to new brokers um, entering into this career path in 2024? You know, that's such an easy question for me to answer. Um, It's as simple as this. Focus on inventory. Focus on getting listings. And that means uh, do everything that you can that you're you're capable of doing, following the program. Networking is extremely important. Um, it's probably the area that I fail the most at when, you know, in the first probably 10 or 15 years in my career until Andy finally grabbed me by the ear and made me get out and do some networking. Um, but, you know, that's where you, you know, that's where I think you're, you know, you're going to get the most bang for your buck. You're going to really, um, and you're going to get the better business that way, the better listings, uh, but follow the program, be devoted on a weekly basis, setting up goals and making sure that no matter what you do, that you meet or exceed your goals. And I, when I speak of goals, I mean, um, my goals were very, were very simple. I had, my goals are very, I wrote on my calendar every week on Monday, I was going to have three seller appointments and I was going to get one listing every week. Some weeks I went without a listing, but I always made up for it in following weeks by doubling up or tripling up. If you just do that, you're going to have at least 50 something listings throughout the year, possibly more, likely more. And you're going to do extremely well in this business. You're going to have the inventory. Your shelves are going to be full. Buyers will come and you're going to be successful. It's, it's, it's no more difficult than that. And I, I think I try to emphasize that when we have the new franchisees in for training. It's what I leave them with every time I have training with them. I, I tell them just keep it as simple as possible. It is really that simple. Get inventory. Yeah, I I know for a fact because Tom made me fill out my goal sheet and uh, and helped me. And I, I, I think I still have the goal sheet back in that drawer just for, for ha-has. But Gary, I mean, I know you want to talk about networking too, but you know, what's one piece of advice that you would have for new brokers? Well, I just say, you gotta, you gotta want to work hard. You know, if you put in the time and you put in the activities, whatever that means, it could be, you know, there's more than just one, uh, marketing, uh, strategy, you know, networking's one, is it direct mail? Is it drop letters? Is it uh, radio? Is it um, email blasts? Whatever those are, should have more than one activity. 
but you just need to have a ton of activity up front, which will drive the seller opportunities and then drive the marketing agreements. That's that's what I preach and that's what I do. And probably like Tom, the phone rings more my way now than me going out just because of all that hard work that we've laid uh, down over the years. Yeah. Well, you guys are both incredible examples of success in our industry. You're leaders in the Transworld brand. Um, you both train and develop new brokers. So I've learned a lot. Um, I've he heard you both teach. I mean, Tom, you trained me too. So I'm rehearing those goal setting messages again. But um want to thank you both for joining us and, and congrats on in, an incredible 2023. And I'm sure it'll be another repeat for 2024. Thank you very thanks much. For, yeah. Thanks for having us. Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time? Almost. It's time for listing of the week. Hi, I'm Beth Shea. I'm a broker with the Transworld Boston office. I have a new listing that is for a franchise sandwich shop that is in the New England market. Um, there are two locations that are in Maine and one that is in New Hampshire. We have an asking price for a million fifty thousand. There's a lot of opportunity in this franchise concept in the New England market. So to get these as a as a starting point is a great opportunity. The seller has unfortunately come down with an illness, making him less able to be able to manage the operations. So we are looking to sell as soon as possible. Um, best way to reach me to discuss further is through my email, which is b Shea, Thanks for tuning into the show today. Thank if you. you like the podcast, share it with your friends on social media. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app. If you have questions, would like to appear, or have suggestions for topics for the show, get in contact with us through our website, thedealboardpodcast.com.